it's time for It Really Has Been. Now here's Darren and Dave. Alright, welcome. Welcome. This is the very first episode of Hillbilly Has Been's. I'm Darren Smith and this is my buddy Dave Dunkley. Say hey Dave. Hello, Dave. And in case you, some of you don't know, Dave and I, we were once part of country superstar Tim McGraw's dance hall doctors. Uh, until we got canned. We got the boot. But uh yeah. Exit stage left. Yeah, we logged in millions of miles, played for millions of folks, and made some great friendships along the way. We played stadiums, arenas, fairs, cruise ships, weddings, bar mitzvahs. Well, <laughs> casinos. Casinos, yeah. We've done yeah. those too. So, you know, we've been talking about this for, what, a year? Yeah, about like, a year or something like that. It's been a vision we've had. Yeah, you know, we should probably, let's just do this right off the bat. All right. Let's do our disclaimer. We have to do this. There's two disclaimers we got to put in here real quick. Um, first one is that this is not a tell-all secret stuff like that. You know, dirt stuff, negative, nothing like that. You right. know, do we have stories that we'll take to our grave? Heck yeah. <laughs> and that's where they're going to stay. We could even say some of them and maybe change the names to protect the innocent. No, we might have to. <laughs> and, uh, is there so, any innocent? Yeah. So that's uh, that's. But the stories we're going to tell you, and some of the things, and the people we're going to have on, it'll all be fun, cool. It'll be worth it. And uh, you know, some. Okay, number two disclaimer. Okay, the the name Hillbilly has beens refers to no one but me and Dave <laughs> because we were there. Now we're not. Everybody right. else is probably still there. So just so. We don't want to scare anybody off thinking, well, if we go in there, they're going to think we're has-beens. No, that's just me. No, and not at all. No, we're going to put a brand new face on has-beens. That's right. That's yeah. right. We're going to make it up. So in this episode, we're going to talk about, well, us. So you get to know us a little better. So what do you think, Dave? Let's meet the has-beens. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's start with you. Okay. Why well, you asking me so many questions? ask you some questions i know that uh you were hired on tim's organization as a drum technician in case you don't know what you know anybody doesn't know what a drum technician is he sets it up the drum kit tears it down pretty Pretty much much. does everything the drummer tells him to do pretty (laughs) much every whim and they do have a lot of whims some of them so uh how'd you get how'd you get uh hired on there i got uh Hired on by John Ward, who who uh, came on as the sound man, probably six months before I got there, maybe a little more. Um, he I I played with John Ward when we was eighteen years old in a band called uh, Trinity when we was in school, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, we had a we had a lot of good times. But uh, John um, he called me; he had got the gig as a sound man. And he called and he said, they have gave me responsibility to, uh, to hire up, up a new drum tech. So I want to know if you can, if you want to come aboard and I, I can promise you two weeks of work. And after that, you're just going to have to make it whatever you can make it. And so, uh, he just kind of set me loose back there with Billy and I just, it was hard to get rid of me, man. I was like a chiclet on your shoe. <laughs> you know, you, uh, let's. You were the drum tech for uh, 
the legendary, famous Billy Thunder Mason. Thunder Mason. How was that? How was that with Billy? Was he pretty demanding? Come on, tell the truth. <laughs> He's stepping on my feet here, Billy. Uh, Billy's wonderful. Billy has these moments. He has the way things he wants done certain ways. You know, Billy has a, a way of uh, he wants his symbols to shine every night. Don't want no fingerprints on them. Wants them all to sound good. So. I did everything I could to help Billy. You, you know, know that- I heard a rumor that <laughs> Billy made you polish his gong before each show. Uh, now, let's move on for that. We'll leave that one hanging. Yeah, it is. We'll leave that one hanging. Yeah, I don't want to bother that one. Billy, yeah. Billy, where are you? Help me, brother. So then what? Uh, I Well, I know pretty much the story about how you got to be in the band. Um, let me tell my version. Yeah, let me tell my version, and then you tell the truth. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Tim had seen an act that had a percussion player, and I don't even remember who it was, but he, he you know, he's pretty impressionable about stuff or pays attention. And he said, "I want to hire a percussion player." And I said, yeah. and "By this time, me and you were good friends by then, you know." But, uh, yeah, uh, he, and I said, well, we don't have to hire somebody because we got somebody right here in the crew that's a great drummer and, and, and a percussionist. I didn't know if you were or not. I didn't know if there was a difference. <laughs> I really wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell nobody. But you came out and started playing on one song, right? One song right. a night right. for a while. What song was right. that? It was uh, Kevin Sharp, Nobody Knows It But Me. Yeah, that's right. And that what tour was that? That's about the time spontaneous combustion didn't really have a name until it spontaneously combusted many times. So it was at the beginning of that. That's true. As that was developing, which was a lot of fair dates and stuff like that. It was a lot Do of Do you running. remember your first night on stage? Where um, it was, when it was? You know what? I remember the first, it's weird. I remember the first night full time, but I can't really recall the first night. Um, that I wheeled those little congas out on that little stand. But, um, you know, because during that time I was still in the crew, it was so busy doing both of them that, uh, a lot of that just kind of passed by. Plus we was having a great time anyway. So you put all three of those things together. It was flying by. When was your first night full time? First night, first night, full time. Don't know the date. It could look back. Universal Amphitheater in California. Oh, that's a cool place. That's a that cool was a cool place. Start, and uh, what's that? That's a cool place to start, wouldn't it? That's a great place to start. I couldn't believe it, man. I was pitching myself along the way. And then our buddy Glenn Boster, guess what he does that night? Do you, You'll remember this. This is how you'll put a face on it. Carmine. Carmine Apathy. Apathy, yeah, or however you want to say that. He, he had uh, tech for him, and there was good buddies, and he invited him out, and he came out that night. Carmine came up on the stage. He beat on the Timbales, and, you know, I had my ears on. He's beating on the Timbales, and it wasn't all leveling out. I had to pull, pull things out. I was just learning how to use the ears. Never been on ears before, you know. Man, that's pretty cool to have, uh, you know, him on stage first night. God. I have a picture of him up there, and Tim's up there, too. My favorite picture is on the bus later on when I uh, get to stand and talk to him, and he took a picture with uh, Gumby and I. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That Gumby, that's another show. That is another show. <laughs> Maybe two. So how many years total you had in? So I had I started about March or April of 
1995 in the uh, Little Texas uh, Blackhawk tour where everything got switched around that that uh, big break, I guess, the Easter break. I came aboard then, and uh, so till 2010, 2011, so 17 years around in there. 17 years. Yep. Ooh. Long time. Okay, I'm going to ask you the question that I get asked all the time. Okay. Well, I get asked two questions. Okay, why you ask me? The first question I usually get asked is, uh, uh, "How is Tim? Is, he seems like a nice yeah, guy. Is, how is, is he a nice guy? That you always yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have to be the that. number one question you ever get. Yeah. Number two is since since we're not since we got canned, you know, since we got the boot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not bitter. No, I'm not. Really, I'm not. But uh, the second question is, do you miss it? Do I miss so, it? Do you? So you're asking me if Tim's a nice guy? No, I'm asking you, do you miss oh, it? Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> um, you know what I miss? It's, it's come to, of course, I, I can miss those stage moments, but those are easy to recall. I miss the bus banter, the the dressing room banter, the just the camaraderie we all had. There was always something going on and you could laugh from the time you you uh opened your eyes till you lay down at night that's what i miss the most yeah those are good times yeah man times. The, in bulk i mean there was so much good times we never knew when we left the house you know at the beginning of the week what we was going to uh, encounter who we was going to encounter we could be sitting down at a table you know with with somebody who's headlining the news that week you know it was just crazy man you just never knew or, or, you know, when we were in Vegas, who knew that Robin Leach, Robin Leach, <laughs> was going to come sit at our table and rap with us? I, I mean, I did, that's like, who'd ever thought? You know? I know. It's like the, it's like when we did the American Music Awards and um, Dick Clark walks over and he tells us a joke and he says, well, I think it was the F word he dropped in the joke, you know, and, and I'm hearing this voice that I grew up with on Saturday morning for all those years and you know, sometimes that's the only music you got all week long was he was introducing it. And here he is telling us this joke with the with the nasty punchline. And it kind of blew my mind, man. I couldn't believe it. You know, I got a little quick Dick Clark story. <laughs> okay, let's well, hear it. A Dick Clark story. Uh, we were at the American Music Awards. Yep. Same day as the and, joke, uh, right? Uh, huh? Same day the joke was told? Oh, uh, it could have been huh? same day. It uh, might have been. Uh, I know that uh, the reason I remember is because Prince was there. Right. And Prince, it was when Prince went to assemble that night. He went to assemble. Oh, came really? out of the bag. Well, Prince walked in backstage, and I saw him, and I wanted to go up and say something, you know, just to meet him, you know. And he, But he had all these big bodyguards and stuff. And so You're I not was supposed like to look at him, man. Did you look? I know. Well, I did. I looked hard. Did and uh, <laughs> so I went, I was in Tim's dressing room and Dick Clark was in there. Tim, Tim was talking and I was telling Tim, you know, I saw Prince, but I was too scared to go talk to right. him. And Dick Clark goes, you tell him that Dick told you to come <laughs> and talk to me, talk to him and meet him. And uh, he won't be no problem. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like anybody else. Puts his purple so pants on. That's awesome. Yeah, I did, and and uh, his bodyguards looked like they were gonna like beat me to death. But I didn't care. <laughs> did you say something? Mark said so. Right. Did you get to talk to him? Um. Uh. What? To Prince? No, I just introduced myself, and he acted like I was. He kind of dissed me. So. Right. 
So what what year did you come in? How'd that happen with you? Well, I came in, let's see. Oh, it had to be 1989, 1990. I was uh, playing down at a club in Printer's Alley in Nashville called uh, Skull's Rainbow Room. Right. Um, and Tim, just before, you know, Indian Outlaw, before anything, right. any record deal, anything, he used to come in there and sit in and sing. Right. And so I, uh, he came up to me one night and he says, Dude, I'm playing this uh, club in Delaware called Cheryl Sky Lounge. Right. And I and uh, I want you to come play guitar for me for a couple weeks. And I, you know, I'd been at this club for over a year, and I'm like, man, I need a break. You know, six <laughs> nights a week, I need a break. Right. So I uh, got a sub, somebody to take my place there at Skulls, and I uh, went to Delaware for two weeks, and we had a blast and had fun and, and drank them out of tequila. And, and, uh, so after that, Tim says, look, I'm in negotiation with curve records. And, uh, you know, when, if this thing happens, I want you to come back and put a band together. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard this. Right. <laughs> I heard this many times in Nashville <laughs> after being there a while. And so, you know, it probably, I don't know, three, four, five months later, he calls me and says, hey, I'm recording my first record with Curb. Uh, let's start putting a band together. Okay. The next thing you know, we put a band together. You know, I called some of my buds and some people we auditioned, but we most of them were just my friends. And, uh, uh, you know, we next thing you know, we're on, on a bus and we're uh, opening for Joe Diffie, uh, the rest of soul, on the Honky Tonk Attitude right. Tour. So who else was with you? Know? you? I mean, from our... See, there was a whole different, almost a whole different band. There was a few guys that were the, the same. Um, I think well, John, you know, the first gig I did with Tim in Delaware, John Marcus. Oh, was he there? Who, Bob's not around yet. Oh, Bob's not there yeah. yet. But Bob was there when the band first went on tour with Joe Diffie. Bob was so he was probably Bob third. Was yeah, John went and worked with another act because I mean, oh, Tim, I remember Tim always yeah, liked Tim to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, Tim wasn't making no money, so people had to do what they do. So we had a whole different band. And then, you know, we kept working, and, and times were tough. I mean, we were working and banging them honky right, tonks. And right, right. And Tim's first record, a lot of people don't know this, but they think it was not a moment too soon, but it wasn't. It was uh, self-titled Tim McGraw. It had songs like Welcome to the Club, you know, Memory Lane. What Room Was Your Holiday In? Was that one? Yeah. yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, that was on there. and. So none of them really, I mean, did they? They made the charge, but they didn't go right anything normal, and uh, so it was tough times back then. And then, so you know, the band that we had was like, man, we got to find something else to do. We need to pay the rent, you know. Right. And, and so I stayed in there, and because I don't know, I saw something in him. I was like, there's something going to happen here. What do you think it was? And, I don't know. I don't know because at that time, Tim kind of was on the, I want to sound like Garth. I want to sound like Clint Black. I want to sound like, you know, he wasn't really sounding like Tim McGraw yet. Yeah. He was, he was always the, taking, you know, pieces from different places and making himself, you know, he, de to me, he developed through that whole thing. You know, he really did. Absolutely. And so now uh, I think he really started being Tim when he recorded not a moment too soon, that album. 
And, and you know what the difference was is he kind of took more charge of things, you know, right. he, he put Indian outlaw on there that, that nobody wanted on there. Right. You know, he, he, he did things his own way on there and because they pretty much curb said, this is your last shot. This is your last shot to do it. So you better do it. So he, he took it, you know, seriously and didn't let, didn't let nobody tell him what to do. On That's it. some of the best things I ever saw him do was to visualize what just fit him. He, I don't, I don't really believe he, he was, he couldn't take those visions to other people. You know, it's just, he could tell what he could convey with his heart, you know, and that's, I thought he was great at that stuff. I really, I mean, he still is, but at the time to watch him pick those things, it was amazing. You could really tell every time he was about to hit a home run. So, you know, the, the whole band was there and then they said, we got to do something else. So everybody quit. And I told him, I said, don't quit now. Something's going to happen. <laughs> and I'd already heard Indian Outlaw and, and some of the songs that he had recorded on the new, on not a moment too soon. I said, something's going to happen. So I go hire a whole new band. And what do you know? Indian Outlaw comes out. Bada bing, bada boom. Here we go. You know? Right. Is Bob there yet? Bob's, yeah. Bob's been there for a while. Bob was there at the early days. It's about Bob. I, so I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get the order. I don't know how. So next would be Danny or Jeff. Bob and Tim were friends, uh, probably maybe even before me. I'm, you know, they were acquaintance because of uh, Gene. Something to do with the uh, the drummer we used to have, Randy Davis. They knew each other with him somehow. And then uh, let's see. Um, when everybody quit, then we hired uh, John back. Hired John back. Uh, I hired Billy. Billy knew Denny. That's how Denny got hired. Jeff, through Billy? Yeah, through Billy. So Denny's after Billy. Yeah, well, at the same time. I thought Billy was same. last. No, it was at the same time as. as oh, was it? Yeah. And Jeff was before that. We we actually auditioned Jeff. And Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, he was the only guy out of five or six piano players that didn't sit down and play. And that's what Tim liked about it. He actually moved around and he was in Diddy. Right. <laughs> Tim liked that challenge, didn't he? He liked that Jeff. Yeah. He Jeff would go there and all that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hair to go around, man. He's, he, uh, he did it well. I love oh, Jeff. I know. He, you know, that's one thing about Jeff is he never ages. I see him now and he no. never looks the same. <laughs> no. Pisses me off. I don't know. I'm like old. Look it up. But you mean between uh, you and me and Dino? I mean, we've lost us three. Have lost more hair. Jeff, Jeff's not lost any. You know. Yeah, actually, the last one to come along was Dino. The really? Player, yeah. You know? Yeah. He was the last one, and I, that was him and Tim were friends. And you know, Bob was playing fiddle. He would switch off. You know. Yeah. When I came around, Bob, he'd pull the banjo out. He had. Oh, Bob uh, can play anything. I hate him. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw the other day of us playing at Jamboree in the Hills, and I'm in the band full time at that part, the, right the first time, first tour. And, um, you know, it's, I saw Bob. Uh, he, we had a little segment. Bob picks this banjo thing for you know two or three minutes. I'd forgot all about it. Oh yeah, but he's picking his ass off, you know. And gotta love him. Yeah, you do. Guy, anything with a string on it, he'll pick it. One time, Bob and I was walking around, and uh, we was going to find coffee. God knows where we was. But it was a big fancy hotel, and there was a family in the, the lobby 
that I, it seemed to me that they was preparing to have a wedding. Well, it was, there was foreign and um, one of them had, I don't even know what you call it, but it was a guitar, but the, but the body of it ha- was shaped in this weird, like, I don't know, ukulele. It was something I'd never seen before. Bob knew what it was called. <laughs> and I'm like, I heard the guys picking around on it. And I know, you know, Bob's a master at whatever. And I was like, Bob, you think you can play that? And he said, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I said, let's go over and, and let's go over and you play it. Let's see what that, what happens. So Bob goes over and he, he kind of makes his way into where he can pick it up and, you know, or they hand it to him. Like, can I see it? And Bob, Bob rips some stuff up on it and you can just see their faces. Like they have no freaking clue what just happened to them. And then he hands it back. He's like, that's a beautiful instrument. And he's like, thanks for letting me try it out. And then we just walk off. And I think it just blew everybody's mind there in the circle. Yeah, they had no idea what had just happened to Talented them. guy. Talented guy. <laughs> Then we would have what Jerome, Jerome maybe John Ward. Yeah, the John Ward and was our house engineer. Pretty much did everything sound wise. Right. And also drove the little truck. We got a little truck that we loaded our gear in, so we didn't have to stick it underneath the bus. And then Jerome came, and he was our lighting guy, and he would drive the truck with John Ward, and sometimes I'd <laughs> rides with him and just hang out with him. You guys played Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So I know John Ward's on tour with Tim McGraw. I have no freaking clue who Tim McGraw is. You know, I'm listening to King's X and stuff like that. And and heck, Tim was pretty new anyway. So John, I know he's coming to town and I want to see him. You know, he's like, you can come down to the show. Can't promise you how much I'll get to talk to you, but um, come on down. I'll get you in the show. So I took my friend Tim Fletcher. We drive down. You know, you know how show days are for people like that. They get minutes here and there. I just kind of hung out a little bit. And I can remember uh, comes up to showtime and the lights go off. And here it's the first time I ever lay eyes on Mark Hurt. I can remember it clear as day. He's leading the pack. There, There's Tim. They got four policemen around him. Women are going crazy. People's going crazy. And I'm like, what in the, what in the hell is going on here? And I remembered the show. I remembered all you guys. I saw J- uh, John Ward. You guys are like leaving the bus. You know, you're all on the bus and gone. Before, you know, the little vamp and you're, it's out. It's over. Um, I hang with John a little bit. John, I tell him by why he's using a hose to wash his face and hands up. And he goes and gets in that van. And him and that's the first time I'd met Jerome. Was Point Pleasant, was that uh, on the river there? Yes. Right. It's, it's where they I think it's Ohio or. And a canal meet or something. Wasn't Toby Keith there, too? Man, he might have been. You know why I remember that gig? <laughs> What's that? It was right when Not a Moment Too Soon was getting ready to come out. And uh, we were on the bus, and Toby Keith came on the bus, and Tim played him the album, Not a Moment Too Soon. And I'll never forget, he said, man, that's good stuff, but there ain't no hits on there. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Well, we have five number ones off that. But. Yeah, that's awesome. I love those stories. Yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. Man, do you remember when uh, you and you and I sat at the end of a bar in a hotel with Toby Keith and Keith Urban? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, we did. Neither one of them was. I mean, they had some hits, but yeah, I think Keith maybe even was in the ranch at that time. Yeah, I love Keith, man. He's me too, man. He's funny. The day was funny. 
Well, I think we had some tequilas that night. We, oh, we had plenty of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny about Keith is is Keith is such a, a great guy. But you know what? Uh, you know I've talked to him at the award shows and and on tour and festivals and and you know us two being both guitar players, you know we we had that thing going for a while. And, right. And, uh, but you know I could not see him. I could see him now after nine years, and he would still remember me and talk to me. That's yeah. the kind of guy he is, you know? Yes. You can tell. Even sitting there with him, he's got a great heart, man. Yeah, he's good. He has a great heart. Okay, I got one more question. This is kind of out left field. Okay, come on. So who was the first celebrity that you saw? Like, you didn't have to play with them, right? But you, like, you come to Nashville, and you're like, you know, oh, my God, there's Grandpa Jones or, you know. Who, who was it? The first one I ever met was uh, my mother was so worried about me when I first moved to Nashville because she thought, you know, I'm living with a bunch of band guys and right. starving to death and everything. So she came down uh, to visit me, and she was a huge, huge Conway Twitty fan. And, right. Uh, that's when the Twitty City was out here in Hendersonville. Right. And, uh, so I said, Mom, I'm going to take you to uh, Twitty City, you know. And she says, do you think we'll get to meet Conway? I said, you know, probably not, you know, but, you know, at least you can see where he lives and all that. Well, we go out there and we're standing out in front of his house with a bunch of people. He comes walking out on the balcony and my mom starts yelling at him to go out. And he came down and came outside, signed her stuff, gave her a hug. Oh. And that was like, and, and I was in awe too, because it was a, really, that was the first celebrity I ever. And what a class move right there, oh, right? And made me, maybe a hero for a while, you know? Right. You know, my mom came to one show in California and uh, Johnny Paycheck was there visiting. And uh, she loved Johnny Paycheck. And Lonnie brought him, brought her over and met him. He, she said, uh, he hugged her and he stepped back and she looked at him. She said, I just love you, Johnny. And he said, well, I love you too, sugar. And reached up, pinched her on the cheek. Yeah. And <laughs> I said, well, mom, after he walked away, I said, well, mom, I think you're a little giddy. Oh, <laughs> What's the first time you remember me? Remember you? Um, yes. I think, uh, well, on the bus, just being on the bus, you, me and you were riding the same bus at the time. And, uh, right. We, we, uh, between me and you and Steve Culver, you know, we, we had this trio thing going there. and <laughs> It was quick, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was quick. We were just instant friends, man. I, you know, I don't even think it took a, took a time when you got, you got on the bus the first time. I don't. Think I think so too. That was a big, a great camaraderie there. Same with Bob. I mean, all of us really went well, you know. But um, but yeah, we hit it right off. And then you and I, we'll talk about some of these things. We had the chair encounter, which oh, yeah. um and helped our relationship. We were roommates for how many years? Yeah, <laughs> years. I mean, you know, come on. And then we find out that our fathers were both turtles. That was another moment. That's right. And we know each other like we know our own smell. <laughs> so next show what we we were thinking about is keep in mind we're kind of doing this on the fly because we have no idea what we're doing we're just talking and right so you know if there's a blip or a cough or a dog barking or something <laughs> that's just part of where we live a cow mooing a goat oh how that how'd that goat get in here <laughs> what in the- i told you to wait in the car Man, goat, you can't trust him. Good grief. Sorry about that, man. Now, shut the door.
So, next show, you know, or next show or whatever, we what we thought we'd do is do some things that we didn't even know, and we're going to find out, and that's some statistics, just to show y'all we are bona fide. Yeah. <laughs> this, do, you, do you remember any? Can we give a preview? Well, I can give you one. I know that the Dance Hall Doctors record, which is the first record that we played on, sold 603 thousand copies the first week first week and no kid yeah and not a moment too soon was more than that and i'll find out exactly what but there's some there's some stuff you know that you know we'll tell you all that we're gonna find out ourselves and and uh did you uh did you know that in 2006 i believe in pollster magazine rolling stones was one barbara streisand was two and we was number three in the world in touring. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't either till the other day. So I mean, you know what? Let's uh let's say goodbye now, but let's you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbor, get on it. We got uh, we got a Facebook page. Hillbilly yes. has been on Facebook. You know, leave a comment, say, you know, you guys did great or you sucked or whatever, you know, we don't care because we're gonna do it anyway. Or step it up or we're leaving, whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. That's a great, yeah, we're that's a great way to put it. So, you know, and you know, you can down, you can find this podcast uh, on Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Spotify. And it's coming soon to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Overcast, and Radio Public. So oh, wow. you'll be able to find it everywhere. And uh, as we speak, we're working on a website too. So, right. You may have to Did you practice that. all that? That sounds, that was good, man. Hey man, you know, this is, I'm trying to be a, you know, a DJ. <laughs> no, uh, we're making smooth moves into another career. Exactly. You got to do something, <laughs> man. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, we're going to try to tell you some new stuff and this website we're working on. It's going to have cool stuff on it. It's going to have, you know, some pictures that you may not have ever seen, some video maybe, some tunage that we, uh, me and Dave, wrote a bunch of tunes while we were out there. Yeah, we'll try to throw some of those at you. And, you know, if you got any good stories about maybe a chance encounter with us, you know. Yeah, that would be great. Keep it family friendly, but you can um, tell us about, you know, uh, meeting us at the hotel lobby for, for pictures or, you know, there's all kinds of things out there with fans and people and friends we've ran into. we We've had a lot of great encounters. We have a lot of great fans who still, you know, sneak us words of encouragement and Absolutely. send us love. You know, you know, something else we should say, we're going to have some old friends get on here too with us. And some people you're going to know, some people you ain't, but you're going to like them. And, right. <laughs> you know, cause right. cool in there. And, and uh, that's, that's us. You know, we just, that's us. There are that's us. That's us. want to put them on here because they got something to say. I'm sure, you know, especially at times like these. So, right. <laughs> you know, man, what do you think? Did it go good? You think? How'd... I think it's good, man. I think it's good. So just say good night. We would ride our bus town to town. Everybody was a getting down. Pack it up and do it all again. The hillbilly 